Welcome to the FPA Business Before Technology podcast, where our goal is to provide small business owners and key decision makers with valuable nuggets to help you grow or simply improve how you run your business, ultimately looking to increase your profitability. My name is Craig Pollock. I'm the founder and CEO of FPA Technology Services, and I'm your host for this podcast. Do you ever wonder what other business owners are running up against out there? Are you too busy working in your business to work on your business? Do you ever feel like you're in this thing alone? Are you at a crossroad with your business where some new ideas would help? For nearly 30 years, I've been helping companies grow and improve their businesses by leveraging technology, whether it's software, hardware, on-prem, or in the cloud, and at the same time, building FPA into the premier IT service provider in the greater Los Angeles area. This experience has given me exposure to hundreds of businesses and all sorts of systems, and as a lifelong learner has helped me gather all I could about the ins and outs of running a business. And these are the sorts of things I want to share with you on this podcast. In today's podcast, I sit down with Ken Maloof, executive coach, strategic advisor, and founder of Game Time Strategies, a full-service coaching and leadership training firm. Ken has created a business coaching and consultancy company focused on partnering with business owners, entrepreneurs, and key executives to help bring out the champion in them and their businesses. In his engagements, Ken works to hone in on your vision, develop your business game plan, elevate your business to next level performance, and simply just help you achieve your goals. As business owners and executives, you know that every day is game time, and even the smallest of changes to your business can make a huge impact on your results. I love talking to Ken, and I know you will too. And these are just some of the reasons I'm so excited to have Ken on our podcast and share some of his insights with you today. So here we go. Let's dive into our conversation with Ken. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you being on here. If you could dive in and tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience and you know how how you came to be at Game Time Strategies and how you you know do what you do. Great, thank you. Well, thanks, thanks, Craig, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I you know I've uh, I've had some great experiences in my life. I'm actually a SoCal native, and through the course of my career, I've come through a number of different businesses that I've worked on. Started my career in marketing and advertising. Worked for some a uh, couple of ad agencies here locally, ad strategy and strategic planning for some big businesses like uh, Mitsubishi and Ruben Pasta. Uh, uh, Honda and those kinds of things. Went on to get my MBA over at Wharton um, out in Pennsylvania and came back and, and spent some time in the consumer products industry. I was in business management, leading a lot of uh, strategic businesses for Nestle. So if you've ever had Nestle quick chocolate milk or Nescafe coffee or any of those things, I was managing those businesses. Uh, spent some time over at Disney managing what they call their, their key character franchises. So I was in, in franchise management over there. Then went into the toy industry um, and had a great chance to be in a very innovative industry where I was a vice president leading a number of different uh, toy lines and product lines in that industry for a number of years. Um, and then, you know, I it was interesting. I, I'd spent so many years in my career doing what I did. And I, I what I really loved most was I love strategy. I love building businesses. I love developing leaders and mentoring people. And I, I saw this opportunity. I saw this opportunity through coaching to have a greater impact, uh, to help build the next generation of businesses and the next generation of leaders. And to me, that was really meaningful and something that I really wanted to be part of. And um, I kind of came across a group called Focal Point Coaching. And um, Focal Point is a, uh, is a larger entity. It's actually owned, uh, created by Brian Tracy, who's a very well-known, uh, if you've ever heard mm -hmm. the name, very well-known oh, yeah. entrepreneur and consultant. Definitely. I've written about 75 books or so. You probably quote Brian Tracy without even realizing it. And he has a network of coaches. It's a it's an it's an international franchise, about 250 of us worldwide um, that he created. And I I met with the people at Focal Point. I, I just had a great connection and synergy with them. And I quickly realized the impact of what they call the pebble on the pond, the the influence of their coaching hmm. across businesses and across leaders. And that really propelled me into, into what I do, which is, you know, creating my business of game time strategies, which is a, a business and executive coaching company, which basically takes a lot of the principles of focal point coupled with my background and brings it to business owners and to leaders in who are building businesses and, and great futures for themselves and their teams. Wow. Obviously we've spoken before and I've always been impressed by your background and, and how it brought you to coaching. I mean, I think that's that you bring a lot to the table that I think a lot of, a lot of other coaches sometimes 
don't quite have that experience, not to knock all coaches because they're, you know, it's soup to nuts, right? You can have all different sort of backgrounds and competencies and whatnot, but sure. certain, certainly uh, very impressed by your background and everything you brought to the table. And um, I really enjoyed our first conversation and, and it's really stuck with me and I enjoyed every single one since then. And so that's why I really wanted to have you on here and, and kind of share the gospel out there as much as I can. Um, so, so, so tell me, you know, why did you come up with the name Game Time Strategies? How did that, how did that come about? Well, it, it's interesting. So um, I'm also, besides business coaching, I'm also known as an athletic coach. I've done a lot of coaching in the community. I run a travel basketball program. I've, I've coached literally hundreds of kids over, you know, a number of years. And so it's a sports analogy, right? It's mm -hmm. the idea that when you're a business owner, when you're a leader, every day is game time. Right. And how do you win in the game of your business? Right. It's about having the right team. It's about having a true game plan for your business. It's about making the most of your game plan of your game time and having a plan for it. Right. So it really plays off of this sports analogy. And, you know, there's a certain resilience of being a business owner. Right. It's just like being an athlete. And so how do you train yourself up and train your team up to be great performers? And so it, it plays off of that notion. Um, I have a lot of fun with it, with, with the sports analogies that I talk about with my clients. And it really, I think, brings it brings it to life for them in a meaningful and, and uh, interesting way as well. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I was, I was, I actually, I was coming at it from a different aspect, but that that's clarifying that really helps. So I'll, I'll just start with some of the, you know, some of the basics, at least for me is like, why do you think business owners need a coach? What is, you know, let's start at the very, very beginning, you know, yeah. the why. I think it's a great question. And, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't really know what business coaching is. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of perceptions and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, as well. But fundamentally, as a business owner, a lot of people that go into starting a business or leading a business have a certain expertise or specialty that they do really well. Right. They might be a really good lawyer or a really good doctor or really good you know, technology professional or really good at something that uh, allows them to provide a compelling product or service to someone. Mm -hmm. But Very many awesome. of them have never really been trained in what I call the business of business, mm -hmm. the ability to lead and grow and create a business and, and the fundamental aspects of, of, of being successful in that business. So there's a lot of a lot of things that, you know, we all say we all have things that we just we don't know enough to know what we don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. It's that idea. A lot of times business owners, there's so many things that they haven't even thought of because they don't have that background. They don't have that perspective, that experience that can come from that kind of thing. So it's it, there's a great expertise that comes in there. The other thing is a lot of times as business owners, we have blind spots that we don't even realize, right? Because we have a certain thought and belief about our business and the people in our business and the way that it operates. And sometimes it's really important to get an outside perspective. Sometimes it's really important to help you see things that you don't see. You know, great coaches have the ability to help you see things that you don't see and to motivate and drive you and to expand your capabilities, right? And to support mm -hmm. you during maybe challenging times that come into play. So there's a lot that comes from the aspect of coaching that can shed light on some of those blind spots, bring awareness to those blind spots. And then figure out ways to change or utilize some of those learnings to make your business even better. Uh, there's also a really um, a really positive kind of organic collaboration that happens in coaching, um, because you know a lot of my a lot of what I do as a coach is is helping to ask the right questions that stimulates ideas and thinking that leads to new possibilities for businesses and their owners, right? And so it's through that collaboration and discussion that a lot of business owners find some just some some great ideas or some new things that they didn't think about or or maybe a different way to look at things through a different lens, not their lens, but maybe a lens of their teammate or the lens of their competitor um, or a, a difficult client that they might be dealing with. Right. All of these kinds of things. Um, so that that becomes really valuable in the coaching process um, as well. And I think it's also really important for all of us to have clarity. You know, in our businesses, mm -hmm. very often we're so busy working in the business that we really don't have a clear path of where we're taking it and where we want to be three years down the road, five years down the road. So a big part of my coaching is also to really help people and get clarity, getting clarity on their vision of, of what success actually looks like. And then, of course, it becomes a lot easier, easier for us to talk about what's the roadmap to getting there right. along the way. 
Okay. So what, what's, um, you know, there's a lot of different types of coaches. There's a lot of different types of business coaches or coaches that work with owners, right? Whether it's an executive coach, a business coach, leadership and development. Can, can you describe what you, you know, what, what the services are or sort of the paradigm that, that you focus on or you work in versus what might be an executive coach or are all these the same thing, just, you know, by different names? Yeah, no, I, I think it's really important to differentiate. And, you know, part of it is how people define themselves, but there are very mm -hmm. big differences between, for example, there's, you know, a, a business coach, uh, a, a performance coach, a career coach, a life coach, an executive coach. There's so many different types right. of coaches fundamentally that come into play. Um, and for me, uh, my practice is really based on two primary anchors, and it's really business coaching and executive coaching. Mm -hmm. You know, as a business coach, uh, my job and my goal is to partner with business owners in building great businesses and becoming great leaders. So to be a business coach effectively in the way that I view it, you really have to have a strong foundation of having built, led, and run businesses and, and, and have the inner workings and the knowledge of that so that when I work with my clients, and if we're talking about you know, their finances, we can dig into their P&L, or if we're talking about marketing, we can dig into their, their marketing strategies and, and metrics or, you know, whatever it is, you have to have that depth of experience. So a true business coach is someone that has that business management experience and can really talk with somebody at all different functional areas of business in helping them to ultimately reach their, their, their vision. Executive coaching, which is the other piece of what I do, is really more about how do we make someone or help someone to become a better leader and a better manager of the business and of their team, right? So it's more about skill development. It's more mm -hmm. about elevating leadership, uh, about bringing new thoughts and new capabilities to those people and helping them to maybe see things a little bit differently. And, and that's why I say with business coaching, I kind of do both, right? I'm doing the executive coaching and the business coaching in one, mm -hmm. but so different, right? Than, than like a life coach. You know, a lot of people, one of the misperceptions is that, you know, the business coaches are really just, you know, therapists, right? And, and that's, you know, yes, there might be some personal factors that come in our, up in our discussions, but that's not what we're focused on, right? That's not really the goal of what we're trying to achieve. Or a performance coach, which is really more of an accountability coach, right? That's helping you to identify maybe the things that you need to do and making sure that you do it, that you followed up on it. Yeah, that's part of business coaching, but there's a lot more to it. There has to be more depth of experience, more depth of knowledge that comes into play as mm -hmm. well. So a lot of this too is, it sounds like it's, it's very educational, the relationship is helping people learn things along the way or be able to see things. I mean, certainly see things differently, but certainly learn things that they haven't been exposed to, I guess. Um, no question about it. Yes. Because, you know, through the course of our discussions, that's where I can bring a lot of that experience that comes into play around whatever it is that we're talking about, marketing, finance, operations, uh, strategic planning, whatever it might be. So there's a mm -hmm. tremendous learning curve that comes with coaching. And what's interesting is, you know, people, people always say, well, gosh, I've, I've been in business for years or I've got a successful business. Why do I need a coach? Right. Right. Well, why is it that the, the, the greatest athletes in the world have coaches? Why is it that CEOs of major corporations have coaches? Well, the reason is because of that, that commitment to the continuous development, continuous learning, that ability to see things from a different perspective, right? And to and to really, in many ways, challenge someone's thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Where right. people in their organization may not, or may not feel like they have the permission to do it. As a coach, <laughs> I can, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying there. <laughs> One thing I, I, uh, that's sparking a thought in my head right now is that it, it must be a fine line between, you know, being quote unquote, a business coach and when, when you mentioned a life coach, and I'm not saying that you, you know, you're a life coach per se, but one of the things that I know and I hear often, right, is that the old saying, it's lonely at the top, right? And when, when you're certainly a small business owner and you own the business and, and you don't have a partnership and it's just you, and I'm not saying lonely from the perspective of, you know, socialization, I'm saying lonely from accountability, lonely from you get to make your own rules. That's one of the reasons why you went into business for yourself, right? And you get to slough off things and re reduce your accountability per se. 
Um, and then there's also, you know, there are personal things that go on in, in your life that impacts your head, which impacts your business and decision making. So I would have to assume that, you know, there's that fine line where sometimes you, you are acting as a therapist with with people. Does that happen? Is that sort of true or? It does happen. It does happen. I, I, I would say that as as needed, those discussions evolve, right? Because mm -hmm. more often than not, the things that are preventing maybe an owner from taking a decision or or going in a certain direction is is their own mindset, right? There's something in their mind that, that's preventing them. Even if they might consciously know this is the right path for me or my organization, there might be other barriers and, and sometimes personal barriers that come into play. Uh, we talk a lot about, in coaching, we talk a lot about our natural behavioral styles. Uh, we mm -hmm. use DISC as a tool, as well as a number of other professional assessments. And, and part of that is having a really high understanding of yourself, a high level of self-awareness that makes for effective leadership. And so if we can really help that leader to understand themselves, then when they're re reaching those roadblocks of the mind that are preventing them from taking action, that's when we can talk about it. And, and yes, sometimes it does go into personal situations, um, but if it helps to remove the roadblock, it becomes an important part of the process, right? Right. So, so there is some of that that comes into play, but I would say that that's, that's not the primary objective, right? Is, is, to, right. is, to, is right. to dig into that. But if it becomes a barrier to the business and the goals that we're trying to achieve, then it all of a sudden becomes relevant and something that has to come up. Right. Yeah. I, I Again, I would assume so. And that's what my experience tells me. I do think that, you know, one of the, one of the interesting things that you mentioned there was the DISC assessment and not, not so much the DISC per se, but the concept of self-awareness and what your strengths and weaknesses are and how, how you interact and how you communicate and how others do and how to bridge that gap sometimes, especially for us in a, in a highly technical field, right? A lot of technical people are they, they fit in certain categories within DISC, right? Yes. And if you're not familiar with DISC, I would definitely recommend that, at least getting familiar with it. But it's something that we use internally all the time. It's something that we use uh, when there are disconnects, when there are, you know, well, I keep telling them, well, you're a high I and he's a high S. And there's probably a reason why it's not coming through, yes. um, right? But at least we have a, a language to have those conversations now and, and you know a mechanism to be able to peel that back yes and, and more often than not when there's conflict in an organization it is because of those inherent disconnects between those styles right where you've got mm -hmm. two distinctly different styles and we take things very personally right when people don't act a certain way or don't act like we would act right right and what what you quickly understand by going through a tool like this is you realize that that it's not it's not them or it's not us, it's them, right? That's that's the way that they think and act. That's the mm -hmm. lens with which they view the world and it drives in their behavior. And, and so if we can figure out and understand those things, then we can build a bridge to those styles that are different from ours. And, you know, why is it the most successful leaders somehow get along with everybody? Why is it that they're able to make connections with people at all levels and all different styles, right? Because they've mm -hmm. mastered this skill. And it is a skill that does require practice and mastery, but first we need to understand the language and the lens with which to look through it. And that's where these assessment tools can be really valuable. Yeah, I definitely, I agree a hundred percent. And I, and I think even, you know, one step before that is just the, the wish or understanding to be more self-aware, right? Like a lot of people, I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like a lot of people walk through life sort of on autopilot and it just is what it is rather than, well, we had, we had, I remember this lesson a long time ago, but I had an account manager once who I had a question, I asked him, you know, what does the client think? And his answer was, well, how would I know? Well, <laughs> that's your job is to think for them, to put your, you know, to be empathetic, to understand where they're coming from. And I'm not, I'm not asking you to, you know, get inside their head, but certainly, you know, that's a skill. And that's a really, a really important skill. And I think one of the most important skills today is, is communication, is being able to communicate. Um, everything else, I think, technically, you know, you can learn, you can get better at, you can practice. I, you know, I, I assume similarly with, with communication, but a lot of people don't have that want to make that, you know, it's, well, it's the other person. Well, okay, we can blame them, but that's not going to 
solve the situation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and at the end of the day, right, business is about people. And so the, the, the more that skill is developed uh, mm -hmm. as a leader, the more effective you can be in your, in, in your organization. But it is, it is a learned skill like anything else. Right? Yeah, no question. Yeah. It's, it's only taken me, I don't know, we've been in business for 31 years. Um, I don't want to say it's taken me 30 years to figure that out. Maybe, maybe closer to 15 or 20. But yeah. there was some aha moment where it was, wait a minute, what am I trying? I'm, I'm forcing a square peg into a round hole. This is, it's not their fault. I'm in charge. I need to figure this out. I need to figure out how to make it work. And um, yeah. So maybe that even dovetails into the next question I have, which is, you know, who, who do you find are the best coaching clients? Who are, who are people that, I mean, I would assume there has to be a certain level of, of, of quote unquote coachableness if there's a word like that, but you know, people who are coachable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the number rule, number one rules of coaching is you can't coach someone who doesn't want to be coached. Right. Mm -hmm. So they have to have a mindset of continuous improvement, a mindset of developing themselves on an ongoing basis um, and awareness, like you said, right. Self-awareness to realizing that there are things about themselves that can become barriers to their business, right? Those people that have that mindset and that approach are great coaching candidates because they, they come into it with the mindset of, 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 of the opportunity to get better and to learn. Also, it's important to have people who they need some, they want something more for their business, right? It might be that they want to grow their business. It might be that they want a better team for their business. It might be that they, they, they want to enjoy the business more. Maybe they're just spending too many hours working the grind, right? Uh, or, or, or maybe it's, you know, maybe they're, they're, they got a ton of revenue, but they're just not generating a lot of money. They, they have to want something different for their business. And most importantly, they have to be motivated and willing to do things differently. Mm -hmm. because it's the same, it's the old adage, right? Do the same thing, get the same results. Uh, you know, we, we have to be able to think and do things differently. And so as a coach, I can help guide them down that path to what kinds of things could they do differently and how could you think about this differently? But if they don't take action, it doesn't matter, right? It's just a good right. discussion. Right. It's, so actions drive results. So people who are action oriented and willing to jump to action coming out of our sessions, uh, those are the people that are going to get the results. Yeah. Well. Awesome. Yeah, I was actually we were just having a conversation in my uh, executive leadership team meeting this morning, and it was it was literally that we're talking about 2023 and what our plans are. And we're having a planning session around that and the need to look at things differently. You know, we can we can look back and say, hey, we had a great year and we were very successful and we did. And, you know, kudos and, and you know, not not to downplay that or negate it, but we can't do the same thing and expect more. We we have to do something different. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean better or worse. Just we we can't just again, we can't just be on autopilot and just say, well, let's just do more of what we've been doing. Well, if if even if simply we need more time to do more things, we can't do things the same way because we're not going to be able to get more time. Right? I'm not saying you need to work harder, but how do we work smarter? Absolutely. And I love working with clients who have successful businesses. They just are ready for that next that next level, that next stage, because they've already shown their ability to reach a certain level of success. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, we can never be complacent in our success, right? The way that business works and the way that the that the, the, the business environment changes as fast as it does, we always have to be thinking about the next reinvention of our business, right? And, and that's the thing with, with the background that I have in marketing and product development and brand strategy and all that, like that's just a function of the way that I think. And so it's not where we are today, it's what's gonna change and how are we gonna be leading that change as opposed to reacting to it. Mm -hmm. And, and so yeah. that's, that becomes really important uh, so, that, so that people are constantly thinking about the next thing in their business uh, and really challenging themselves to that next level. Right. And that, that comes back to one of my favorite words, which is intentionality, right? Like the more intentional that we can be, the more, the more success, quote unquote, the more, you know, just positive results we're going to get out of it again, as opposed to sort of just letting things happen and then reacting to them. So how do you, um, you know, what does an engagement look like for you? You know, we're, we're talking about coaching. We're talking about it sort of at a very, 
I don't want to say strategic level, ethereal in a way, right? It's, it's, but what, what is, you know, what does an engagement with you look like? Or what does, you know, a couple engagements, because I assume you do different things for different clients depending on their needs, but. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it is there. And, and that's actually one of the things, if, if I find a great person I want to work with, I, we're going to figure out a way to work together. And there are different models that I have in, in my in my model, in my business that I can do that with. Probably the most common is is kind of like what we're doing right now. It's one-on-one one-on-one discussions like this, which is essentially one-on-one business coaching where I would work directly with a business owner, um, typically the, the owner themselves or the CEO or the president, whoever it may be. And we would have either in-person or you know video conference sessions like this where we would dig in for a couple of hours uh, each week or every couple of weeks and focus in on the different goals of what they're trying to achieve in their business and how we're going to get there. And so one-on-one business coaching is, is a key part of what I do. I also do one-on-one executive coaching. So like I said, there's a little difference there. That mm-hmm. tends to be larger organizations where they have people that they're developing as leaders or or key, key leadership members, C-suite members, et cetera, where they want to continue to grow and develop the capabilities of those people. So similar type arrangement. Um, you know, with uh, with different size businesses, particularly as I get to smaller size businesses, I'll do things like group coaching, uh, mm-hmm. which is a which is a three month program. It's a very educational. It's 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 a combination of almost like a class and a and a business coaching experience. So it's a small groups of you know less than ten people, and we're going through all different foundations of how to build and grow your business. We talked about assessments. Some some organizations will just say, Hey, Ken, I want you to come in. I want you to do that disc assessment with all my team members, and we're gonna we're going to do a grid of all the team and we're going to talk about what that looks like and how that is helping and maybe hindering the effectiveness of that team. And so I'll, I'll come in, I'll do professional assessments and also leadership and management trainings. So some of the some of the best thing, you know opportunities is when I, I, I really partner with a business in a broader sense where I might be doing one-on-one business coaching with the CEO and then they ask me to come in and do some management and leadership training. And then there are a couple of key team members where they said, we really need to do some, some executive coaching with that person. And now, you know, now we've got some other assessments we want to do. So it becomes very much a business and management partnership with an organization. And those are the ones I love because I, I, some of those I've worked with for years and I become a, a key uh, part of that team, really, in, in, in the strategic and, and, and leadership of, of the organization. I could see that. I mean, super critical. I mean, I, I could just see how that relationship develops. So what, you know, when you do this work, have you run into like common challenges? Do you see similar sort of speed bumps or hurdles that sort of are, uh, you see on a recurring basis or similarities between businesses that are that are looking for assistance like this? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's, you know, it's funny. I always say I, I work across so many different business industries. And yet if I was to get all my clients in one room and ask them, what are the biggest challenges that they're facing? You'll find that there's probably the same five or six challenges that they're all facing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to grow their businesses and they maybe don't know how, or they need to increase the profitability in their business, right? And so it might be a combination of not having the right pricing model or not having the right cash flow plan or you know all those kinds of things. Or there might be a tremendous amount of stress or frustration in the business owner, right? That can be a big one because it, it comes back to the, you know what they're doing in the business. And at some point, the business owner's role will evolve. And are they aware of when it needs to evolve and what that needs to change to over time? And, and a lot of it is this idea of working in the business versus on the business, right? It's, right. it's, it's getting out yep. of that mindset of, of the just being in the grind as opposed to being the visionary and the leader for your business, mm-hmm. um, which maybe is not the skill set that got them to that point, but is the skill set that will be required to get their organization to whatever that next level is. So, right. it, you know, so many different things. Strategic planning is another one, right? I, I, where they say, I, I, I want to have a vision and a path for the business, but I really, I really don't know what that is. I really don't know what that five-year plan looks like for me. I, do, I just don't have clarity on that or, or team, right? It goes back to people. We've got challenges on our team. Either we don't have good enough connection with the team, they're fighting, they're not getting along, or we don't have the right team members, or maybe there are certain key team members that are going to become tomorrow's leaders that really aren't prepared for that. And so how do we how do we solve for that? Um, mm-hmm. so, so the aspect of team is a very common theme that comes up a lot as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I, my head is swirling right now because I'm thinking of so many different 
things and I'm, I'm trying to stay focused on the podcast and not my own company. <laughs> not, not that we're broken, believe me, we're not. But at the same time, I totally get what you say in terms of, you know, how can we tweak this? How can we make this better? Especially at the beginning of the year, right? Because it just feels like yes. there's sort of this blank slate of where do we want to get to this year, right? Absolutely. And, and you said a key word, broken. You know, I think that's one of the misperceptions about coaching is that, mm -hmm. is that, is that people that use coaches are those that have broken businesses. And actually, I find it's quite the opposite. The, the, my, my, the most successful clients I work with are ones that have successful businesses. They're just looking for that next level of performance. Or like you said, sometimes it's the little tweak that makes all the difference, right? To, to use a basketball analogy, right? When someone's shooting a, shooting a basket, right? It could be literally a fraction of an inch in the mechanics of their shot that determines whether or not they're going to make that shot or not, right? And that's what happens with successful businesses is it's not necessarily monumental change that's required, but it's those little tweaks and torques that need to be made to, to help help really kind of line up the shot, if you will, uh, to lead to that successful level of performance that you're looking for. And yeah. that, that's a harder level of refinement and development that is more difficult for business owners to do themselves. Yeah, I can see that. And and that's the way you're describing it right there is, is very familiar to me because I've had these conversations where with, with my executive leadership team, where the, the better you get, right, the harder it is to make incremental progress. Because when, when you're quote unquote broken, right? Like if you're pick a number, we're operating at 50%, I don't want to say capacity, but quality, whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. To go to 75, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but you could have a couple of big levers that boom, now you're at 75. Then you get to 90 or, or 80, 90, right? Going from 90 to 91 could be just as hard as from going to 50 to 75, yes. right? And so the, the better, quote unquote, the better you get, the harder it is to make those incremental shifts that really make a difference. And so I, and having outside eyes, I could only imagine how much that brings to the table, right? Because we are so myopic. We are, we have our blinders on, we're, we, we think we're driving the horse down the road and we, we just, yes. you know, by the time we get to the village, we realize we were on the wrong road the whole time and because we're at the wrong village. That's uh -oh. right. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah. and, and you use the word autopilot, which is a word I use a lot in our, in my discussion because my discussion with, with clients, because a lot of times they don't realize that they're on autopilot. They don't realize mm -hmm. that their own thinking or their own organization is on autopilot. And yet more often than not, right, we are, and we need right. to get out of that thinking. We need to, we need to turn off the autopilot and go back to manual mode, right. And, and make sure that we're really conscious and intentional about the things that we're doing and making sure that those things that we're doing are not just out of habit or what worked for us two years ago, but what truly is the right move we should be making today based on the goals that we're trying to achieve right now. Right. Do you, do you ever find, because that, that, again, brings up another nugget, which is you're, you're operating and, and doing fine and you're moving forward, you're operating and moving forward. And like you said, you're sort of on autopilot, but there might be a disconnect between the visionary and, and the leadership team and the visionary sees it, but the, the, you know, the, the leadership team is executing, so they might not constantly see it, even though it's been talked about years ago, but you get to a place where there's sort of this disconnect between the visionary and what's going, what, where we think we're going and sort of the team that's going there. And how do you keep people thinking at a strategic level when you're also in the tactical doing, right? And again, I think that's where a coach might, might help. And, and to that degree too, something that came to mind, which was what you said was when you said what might've worked two years ago is not going to work now, potentially, right? But then you have people in the organization who are going, well, why are we doing it differently now? Because two years ago, we did it this way. We did it A, and now you're saying A is not going to work. So was it wrong two years ago? I don't understand why are you, you're, you're almost being hypocritical here because A worked, and now you're telling me A is not going to work. I don't understand. Yes. 
and there are certain people where that's particularly difficult, right? There are certain people that that have a tendency, you know, they like the tried and true. They work, they like mm -hmm. the habits, the things that have always worked. And so when we talk about change in an organization, that brings up the topic of change management, right? And how do you right. effectively enable and 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 deliver change in an organization when you've got so many disparate points of view and thoughts about change? And that that is a common topic that comes up in coaching quite a bit because mm -hmm. as you say you might have a very visionary leader that 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 sees the possibilities of where he or she wants to take it but all of that doesn't ma doesn't matter if you don't have a team that is supportive and aligned and motivated and passionate about the same vision that you're sharing and so getting them from the point of barrier to the point of uh, engagement and and full support um, is not an easy process. And for certain individuals of the team, you might have to use a different approach depending on mm -hmm. who they are and kind of their own natural style and, and vision of, of looking at things. Right. And do you, do you find that often? I, I would have to venture to guess that, you know, change is uncomfortable for a lot of people. And just getting people comfortable with change has got to be, you know, there's there's a talent in that, right? Yes, absolutely. It is it is an incredibly common thing that comes up quite a bit, and and particularly with organizations that really are trying to do something different, right? If it's mm -hmm. if it's if it's marginal improvement or marginal changes, that's one thing. But if if we're doing you know completely different services or products, or we're totally rethinking the business model, or you know all of these kinds of things, the bigger the change, the bigger the resistance to that change. Mm. Uh, and so we have to then have strategies for infusing that change. I actually do with some large corporations. I've actually done, in fact, during COVID, there was a lot of that where I would go and I would do change management trainings with organizations to kind of kind of give them some thoughts about how to approach this and how to approach this, especially for the leaders and the managers who were trying to infuse that change throughout their organization, but was getting a tremendous amount of resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can only imagine at, at that time, because uh, one of the one of those stories I like to tell is, um, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, right, and we do a lot of work with professional service firms, a lot of investment advisors, CPAs, attorneys, insurance, multitude of all different sorts of other companies, but a lot of professional service firms, which meant they could work remotely, right? Like you can, you can be a CPA and go home and work remotely. Now, rewind January 2019, no, 2020, right? January 2020, if I took a survey of all of our clients, I don't know, 99.5% of them would say there's no way we're going to have people working from home, right? <laughs> they need to be in our office. We need to be working together. Come March, it was all hands on deck. We need to work remotely. Okay. There's, it wasn't even a choice. It was, here's what we're doing. Yes. And, it, you know, it, it was just, I, I, I felt that sort of from the outside looking in, watching this, play out, it was, boy, you know, everybody who said no, all of a sudden said, well, I guess yes, right? It was, it was change and, yes. and something forced their hand. And I, I listened to Eric Smith, I believe is his name. He was former CEO of Google who said, literally, we took 15 years worth of organizational transition, which was the thought of working all in, in person to working remotely and having a remote, you know, or workforce took it from a 15 year transition down into three days. And it just forced our, our society to change. And guess what? Nope. Nobody's going back. Right. I mean, there's, uh, okay. Not, not nobody, but certainly not a hundred percent. We're not all back in our offices and it's a new paradigm and people came to accept it. You know, and, and it's just, it's interesting how, how flexible human nature can be when forced to be. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Absolutely. No, and that came up a lot too, because, you know, what I was hearing from the leaders I was coaching is it really changed the dynamic of the organization mm -hmm. in terms of the, the sense of team and the relationships that were happening. And it, it really kind of built the, built the question, how do I effectively manage and lead a team when I don't see them? 
Right. When everything is done via technology or video conference or everything else. And, you know, that's, that's a whole nother topic that comes up in coaching, which is just the, you know, the, the importance and the principles of building relationships um, mm -hmm. and how to do that effectively and what some of those principles are. And those principles don't change. It's just that the techniques of how to do it, or maybe the venues of how to do it might be different. Right. 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 Uh, and I think in this, you know, in this new paradigm too, we, we as leaders, not just business owners, but, you know, whatever role you're in as a leader, um, I, I think it, it's, it has to be way more intentional now. What, what used to be, hey, I could just walk around and I happen to see people and I'm, I can talk to them at the water cooler. Like, you know, those, those occasional bump-ins don't happen. Yes. when you're when you're virtual so you have to make the effort and you have to work at it and and it has to be consistent right we can't just go oh i talked to them three months ago they're fine absolutely <laughs> it's not the same yeah no an intentional intentional management and team building is critical part of leadership and frankly that even existed before the pandemic because just because you were working in the same office with someone mm -hmm. didn't mean that you were intentionally taking steps to build the relationship with them but it just it just exacerbated that because to your point all the Kind of ad hoc interactions that might occur at the water cooler all of a sudden was was no longer happening and so it, it it just kind of accelerated that that issue right right so let me take this i want to take this into a slightly different direction just quickly and just learn a little bit more about about you per se and and sort of some of the things that you know just to get a better sense of you and and how that the flavor you bring to coaching right which I adore, honestly, like I just love our conversations. I have to tell, tell you the or tell our listeners, Ken was the most prepared person I've, I've ever, ever interviewed on my podcast. And that, that just shows his attention to detail. I mean, I was, I, I was excited with the interactions that we were having back and forth, whereas some people might just show up and, and it's fine and it's good, you know, but I don't think you just show up like you're prepared. You, you know, I love it. It was awesome. No, I, I think it's, you know, it's, that's with, it's with anything. You have to have an intentional plan, right? An intentional mm -hmm. plan, particularly with what I do as a business coach, right? Um, to really understand the nuances of people and their businesses and to have a, a plan of how to approach the sessions and, and the content of things that we talk about. And, you know, a, a lot of times too, you know, I, I, because I'm part of Focal Point, I have a whole wealth of resources that I can bring into play, whether it's coaching modules or different things for people to read or different things that will help to stimulate thinking, right? And mm -hmm. facilitate that. So I am very thoughtful in that. And even in the way that I coach, because we talk about different behavioral styles, right? You, you can't coach everybody the same way. I mean, you really have to be customized in the way that you do that. And I think that's frankly, I think that's that's one of my hallmarks as a coach is the ability to really customize that to meet the, the the individual that I'm coaching and the motivations of that individual and the things that I know are going to inspire and compel them to take action in their business. Mm -hmm. Have you have you always been like this way? This this and the, what I mean by that is is I I see and I feel a passion around knowledge around sharing things with people. I mean, literally, being a coach is 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 all about others right? It's not about you. It's about, you know, it's about how can I help others? And so is, is that something that's always sort of been there or developed yeah. over time? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I come from a family of educators, so that probably, you know, falls mm -hmm. into, into that. No question right. about it comes into play. I would say, you know, early in my career, like a lot of young people, right, we're all looking for aspirations and trying to achieve certain things. But I would say that as I grew in my career, I realized the importance of building the people around me, because the further I got up in my career, the more I got into more senior level management positions, the more I realized it wasn't about me. It was mm -hmm. about what the capabilities were of my team, mm -hmm. because ultimately, as a leader, that's how we are defined. That's how we are determined if we're successful or not. And so it almost requires you to take a different mindset. And, and then just, you know, through the art of doing it, I, I realized how much I loved and enjoyed it. And I, you know, my background fundamentally initially was, was in, in kind of that marketing consumer insight space. And when you take that approach, you have to really understand not just what people are saying, but what they mean. 
right? Mm -hmm. Really getting them to be understood <laughs> yeah. and, and digging below the surface. And so even early in my career, when I first started into advertising, I used to do uh, consumer focus groups and laddering techniques and all those kinds of things. And as I got further into my career, as, as I was in more leadership positions, I would do things like I would lead strategic brainstormings for planning, you know, for the business across all of our different cross-functional teams and agency teams and everything else. So the ability to facilitate thinking, the ability to 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 get under to the underlying needs and root causes and 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 kind of motivations of people that that just it it became a very strong skill for me through these these years of experience and it's all of those things that I now bring into the coaching that I do as well how does that flow into you know your personal side what drives you these days are you still you know a personal growth focused are you still looking to learn like what do you what do you do personally in in these areas yeah yeah you know i'm i'm definitely one who is all about continuous learning and i you know i i got to be honest i learn every day from my clients mm -hmm. um, as much as they learn from me i learn from them and i think i think that's also a mindset that is helpful for coaching right because it, it builds my my arsenal as as a coach but I would say, you know, I, I I think I mentioned to you, I'm also really involved in the community. Um, you know, I run a travel basketball program that I started eight years ago. And, you know, through that, I've I've coached and mentored a lot of kids over the years. And so I I bring that same mindset and approach. Um, you know, when I when I go to a local high school basketball game, you know, half the kids on the court are kids that I've coached at some point in their lives. And I'm able to see that. So I see that impact and the impact in the community. And I you know, to me, it also speaks about the impact of leadership, um, mm -hmm. how how leadership and mentorship, how important that is and how we need more of that. And so I guess part of what I hope through my coaching is that I'm helping to build great leaders and great mentors for others. Right. Because we need more of that in this world, honestly. And um, and so, yes, I do that. You know, I do that both as a business coach, but I do that through other things in the community and do that through uh, certainly through the athletics that I do and the uh, you know, some of the nonprofits that I've gotten involved with, just a number of different things that I've that I've enjoyed doing as well. Mm -hmm. What would you tell your 25-year-old self? Like what words of wisdom would you give your your 25-year-old self now that now that you've mastered all of this and you're the coach to, you know, the coach to coaches? So <laughs> well, <laughs> what what nuggets would you share? First of all, you're still 25, right? Uh, you got a <laughs> lot of years to go. Um, no, you know, I, I think I think it's important, even at the at the at the young ages of 25. You know, have a vision for yourself. Carve out your path of where you want to go, not just where maybe life will take you. I think more often than not, you know, we go we go to college and we get a job and we think about you know. I'm going to work for this company and I'm going to grow through this company, but we're kind of following a very linear defined path. And we're not really thinking about what is it that you truly enjoy and are passionate about? And what is it that you are really capable of that maybe is maybe on a non-traditional path? You know, I think my path of going from some of these larger corporate jobs into becoming an entrepreneur myself was a path and a learning for me, right? Mm -hmm. And, right. and I think that if I, knowing that now, I would have wanted to do more of that at a younger age. Mm -hmm. um, I would have wanted to do more entrepreneurial things at a younger age and realize that, you know, it's not necessarily about all the years and experience you have. It's about your willingness to learn. It's about your ability to learn. It's about your, your motivation to seek out learning, right? So that you can do other things and, and also the ability to have a vision vision mm -hmm. of great possibilities and ideas for yourself. Um, you know, set bigger goals. I, you know, I, goal setting and goal achievement is, is, is a, is a, is a skilled uh, area that most people have never been trained in. And, right. and as a coach, I really appreciate that because I understand the power and the value of it, but man, it doesn't happen by accident, right? No, it doesn't. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I mean, to your point, this goes back to that word intentional, right? A lot of people have, they, they might have goals, right? Oh, I want to own a house by X or whatever, but they don't write them down and they don't back into what do I need to do to achieve that as opposed to, you know, what do they say? A goal without a due date is just a wish or a dream, right? It's like, <laughs> right. The, you know, they need to be smart goals, right? 
otherwise you're just, yeah, it's just a hope and a dream. Yeah, one day, maybe, I don't know. Am I doing the right things to get there? Well, you know, that's like you said, that's what, that's what a sports coach would tell you, right? It's like, you're going to keep striking out unless you pull that elbow in. Okay. Pull the elbow in. Look, single, double, single, double, right? Sometimes I think personally, I think the best coaches help us get ourselves out of the way of ourselves. If I said this right, <laughs> right? Like we have our own personal blockers that are blocking our own success and we don't even realize that that's yes. right. That's what do you mean? I'm blocking it. I want that. Well, that's not what your actions are saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, I've literally had prospective clients sit down and meet with me and say, I just need you to help me get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, at least they recognize that, right? <laughs> exactly what I was going to say, right? That right. that's what I know. I've got someone to talk to because they at least recognize it. They have awareness to it, and they realize that 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 actually could be one of their biggest barriers. That maybe maybe it's not them. Maybe it's not all the other people in the organization who aren't doing what they are supposed to doing. Maybe it's also me too, right? Yeah, May it's maybe <laughs> sarcastically. <laughs> Yeah. Believe me, from from from, uh, you know, past experience, I speak. <laughs> yes. You know, the company didn't really start growing until I got out of the way. Gee, I wonder where's where's, you know, connect the dots there. Yeah. Um, and that's the fun part, right? Because that's when the transformation gets to happen. That's that's one of the things that really motivates me is when I can see the transformation that can happen through coaching, the transformation in thinking the transformation in actions and the transformation in and really the the strategy of, of where they where they want to take things and what they do differently that they weren't doing before that's that's what's fun for me to watch because i can mm -hmm. see it in their eyes i can see it in their energy and their passion and um you know and, and 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 you know a lot of people have told me that that my coaching is also very inspirational right it, it like when they leave our sessions they feel ready to go they're inspired they're ready to take action and that's as much as having the ideas, right? It's it's motivating right. people to take those actions and getting them to believe that those things are possible and can be achieved. Right. Well, that's got to be a super great feeling for you leaving those meetings knowing, I mean, you get to see that direct connection between your efforts and the result, right? That's got to be super rewarding for you personally. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and for all their teams around them. And it's interesting. Yeah, of course. Right. I, I find that, you know, the team members and even like with business owners, you know, their spouses and I mean, they all they're so happy when I come to to, to meet with 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 that person because they realize how how much it helps them in so many, so many greater ways. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it makes for a great culture for the company. Right. I've had situations where I've walked into companies that were absolutely, you know, in, in a conflict type situation between multiple individuals in that company and within a period of time it became a completely different culture and that's you know when people are like that they love it they want to work there and guess what they stay there mm -hmm. tension in this economy and in this job market is everything 100 percent. yeah i couldn't say more i mean all of our success is based on our team uh, at this point like literally i'm sitting here shaking my head i do not I don't do the work. I don't interact with the, you know, we have a team. They're doing everything. They're keeping the clients happy. And, you know, I think, I think it was Simon Sinek who said, you know, to have happy clients, you need to have happy staff. Keep your staff yes. happy and, and you will have a successful business. And, you know, it took me a long time to really, for that to really register. And now my job is to figure out how do I do that? How do we do that? Right. How do we, how do we create that culture, that environment that people feel jazzed about and feel part of and feel rewarded from all, all of those things? And yep. that's that's therein lies the difficulty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and the opportunity, you know. Yeah, no question. Yeah. So I think we're we're coming up on on time here. I just had one or two more questions I just wanted to throw out to you, but um you know, certainly there's been a lot of talk of, of, you know, the economy, we've had, you know, inflation over the last, what, six to nine months, that's just been crazy, and talk about recession. I mean, I think Q3 and Q4, technically, we, we were in a recession, I think, you know, technically, but they're saying, you know, we're really going to start feeling it in the next, 
probably Q2. Are you hearing anything out there? Are you seeing anything with your clients? What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on you know, the economy out there these days? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, I mean, there's no question that um, the economy is in a different place than it was even a year ago, and certainly a few years prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I it depends on the business, honestly. I find a lot of businesses, I mean, obviously, any any businesses that I coach that are involved with, you know, the mortgage industry or real estate or anything that where interest rates have a major, major factor, they're going to continue to go through some pain in the coming months. And then the coming, you know, who knows, is it six mm-hmm. months, 12 months, 18 months? We're not quite sure. But there's a lot of other businesses that are that are thriving. And, mm-hmm. You know, in, in the professional services industry, I, I find that it's it's not quite as sensitive, depending on the type of service, not quite as sensitive to those things. I mean, during the pandemic was a good example, right? Some businesses, some of the professional services businesses had the best years um, yep. in their firm's history right. during in, you know, a national pandemic. So, you know, I, I'm a big believer in scenario planning, you know, for your business. I did it with my clients during COVID and I've done it now during this economy. You have to have you know, we're smarter than we think, right? We all have the ability to anticipate what could happen in our industry or in our business. And so scenario planning is very much about just thinking through what those anticipated possibilities are and then answering the question, if that were to happen, what would you do, mm-hmm. right? And the second that you've actually taken that mindset to answering those questions, now all of a sudden you've got a game plan. Now all of a sudden you've got a plan on how you're going to respond to those situations. So uh, will people struggle in the next, you know, 6, 12, 18 months? Yeah, I think there's going to be some challenges there. But what are all those possibilities? What are all those things that you would expect to happen? And then how would you respond? Mm -hmm. And if you've got, if you've thought through that answer now, then the moment that that happens, then it's just a matter of turning the dial and saying, okay, we're going to execute the plan. So that's, that's, that's one piece of advice I would give to all businesses is to really think through those scenarios of what you would anticipate in the next 6, 12, 18 months based on what's happening with the economy and, and really chart out those scenario plans and chart them out not only strategically, but financially um, mm-hmm. so that you can make sure that financially you're keeping yourself whole as well, uh, whether it's different pro forma P&Ls or you know, different, different models, business models, those kinds of things. Uh, those can all be really helpful tools to give you clarity and also to reduce your fear because you know what can happen when the economy tanks or a pandemic happens is all of a sudden business owners become very fearful of the actions yeah. they take and and uh and it, you know it can be debilitating to their business if they if they the leader are thinking that way right right no those are all great great points that was actually one of my next questions was parting advice for business owners out there. I think you already answered it. You must be reading my mind. But um, so finally, if this has been a great conversation, I really appreciate it. I'm sure, you know, my listeners have gotten a, a ton of valuable, invaluable information from you. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you, you know, how can they? What's what's the easiest or best way? And certainly we'll put these links in our in the show notes. But Absolutely. So I, I so the company is Game Time Strategies. Website is GameTimeStrategies.com. My email is Ken at GameTime Strategies. So it's real easy to get in touch with me. If you go onto my website, you can actually take there's a there's a little assessment there where you can do a scorecard of where you are in your business, give you a chance to kind of see where you rank on that. So it's a great thing to do as well. And and I encourage that for any business owner who wants to do more for their business, wants to do something differently, has some goals for the year and could really value someone to help them along the way, um, I'd love to have a discussion. And even if it's just a, even if it's just a discussion, it doesn't have to lead to an engagement. I just like meeting great people and their businesses and, and kind of helping them to get clarity in their own thinking. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time here. I would definitely say, you know, if, if, if anybody who's listening to this has any inkling or even just curiosity, reach out to Ken. Ken, you know, you're amazing. I. I can't say enough about you and your capabilities and what you do. And that's, that's, that's not from, you know, I'm not a client. I'm not a paid advertisement. No, Ken is just awesome. So kudos to you for all that you've done. And thank you again for being on, on the podcast. I look forward to continuing our conversations. Thank you so much, Craig. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the kind comments and really hope that the listeners got some something to think about differently. As you start the new year in 2023, ask yourself, what am I going to do differently this year? And what does success look like? What are you going to be talking about one year from now? And if you can answer those questions, that'll give you a good starting point to your planning. 
Look at that. That's awesome. Thanks so much. What a great way to, to end this. Yeah. Think about a year from now, what can you look back on in terms of what you've accomplished? So you got to be intentional to make that happen. So thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. And thank you, listeners. And that was Ken Maloof, founder of Game Time Strategies. I hope you found our conversation as interesting as I did. It's always great to dive into the mind of a subject matter expert like Ken. And there are certainly a lot of nuggets there, and I hope you can apply some of them right away in your business. Thanks again, Ken, for your time and sharing all of your great thoughts with our listeners. And if you'd like to find out more about what Ken and Game Time Strategies has to offer, or want to simply connect with him, check out the show notes for more details. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. To learn more about this episode or hear previous episodes, check out the show notes at www.fpainc.com podcast. And if you like today's show, please do us a favor and share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate getting the word out there. And you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And while you're there, please do give us a review. Again, we'd really appreciate that. You can also write to us at podcast at fpainc.com. And if you want to send us a tweet, our handle on Twitter is at fpainc. I'm Craig Pollock, and you've been listening to the FPA Business Before Technology podcast. And remember, with FPA, it's always about business before technology. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.